Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Hear Her Sports, and I'm Elizabeth Emery. There's so much that I love about today's episode. I'm really excited about it. Remember to tell others about this podcast to spread the word about these incredible female athletes and support the podcast by donating at hearhersports.com. Donate. Joining me today is speed skater Margot Burke. She is 12 years old, just started middle school, and is so clear in her explanation of the sport, her equipment, training sessions, competitions, and everything she likes about the sport. Hearing her talk was a wonderful reminder of what it's like to be relatively new to a sport, learning the basics and enjoying that progress. Margo and I also get into something I've been thinking about a lot lately. What's the role of sports in our lives? How good do we really have to be and who is athletic? Margo impresses me because even though she says she's not very good, she keeps doing it and stays enthusiastic and actually has some big goals for herself. There's definitely something about just getting out there, doing it, learning something new, and moving forward with a lot of practice. We also talk about World War II, what she's reading, and her political views. For a moment, I forgot that she's so young and asked her if she was politically active. She responds that really as a 12-year-old, there's a limit to what she can do. Share This With Kids You Know is a perfect episode for them and also for anyone else who might be reluctant to start a new sport or something else they've been a bit afraid of. If you're not a kid, don't let Margot's age deter you from listening. This is a good one. Here we go. Welcome, Margot. Thank you for being here. And why don't you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about speed skating? Okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Margot Burke. I am 12 years old. And speed skating is, it's really fun because there are a lot of different aspects to it. There's a lot of, like, actual learning how to go fast and technique and discipline and things like that that go into being a good speed skater. And it's, it's really hard, but it's also fun to do. When did you start? I started when I was around nine years old. Why did you decide to start? Well, I had been doing figure skating, and I'm not very good at figure skating, and I wasn't getting very good at figure skating. And then my figure skating teacher, whose son did speed skating, was like, hey, Margo, you'd be a good speed skater. And so I went to check that out with one of my friends, and then she decided she was going to do speed skating. And so I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. And she doesn't do it anymore, but I do, so... Mm -hmm. Odd turn of events. Do you know why you weren't good at figure skating and why you're good at speed skating? Um, I just wasn't, I didn't love figure skating because a bunch of people did it and my brother did it and everybody did it. And so it wasn't really something that I could do by myself. And I wanted something kind of unique. So I was like, oh, speed skating is kind of cool. I'll just work really hard at that and do that. So how often do you practice? Well, it's ended now, but during the season, we do three times a week for an hour on two of the days and an hour and a half on one of the days. That's a lot. Yeah. Walk me through one of your practices. So usually what we'll do is you have to get there half an hour early. You'll spend 15 minutes jogging, stretching, and warming up. And then the other 15 minutes it takes to get on your skates because it takes a very long time to get on your skates. A lot of them have two or three laces and Velcro. The skates only go to your ankles, but it's very complicated lacing because if they're not on tightly, then they could like come loose. And if they come loose, it's harder to get on the proper edge needed to do crossovers and turns. And so after we get our skates on, we'll go onto the rink and we usually do an eight lap warm up 
and the rink that I have is Olympic size, so I'm not sure about other rinks, but we usually do an eight-lap warm-up. The coach usually divides us into three groups, group one, two, and three. Group one is the experienced older skaters who are mostly teenagers, mostly college kids at this point, but they do usually 13 or so laps. Group two is adults that do it. There are a lot of adults. One man who does it is 74 years old, and he is still really good at speed skating. And so it's the adults that do it in group two. And then group three is the kids who are still learning to speed skate, and we usually only do eight. Group two and one usually go together a lot of times, so they go together for warm-ups. And so after we do our warm-ups, then group one and two usually do an exercise together. Usually they just do more laps. Sometimes we do um, where we go around the rink, and every time we see a line that goes across the ice, we touch our the bottoms of our feet. That's to get really low. We have to crouch down really low for every other time. And then when we see a line, we get farther down and touch the bottom of our feet. Wow. That sounds like a recipe for crashing. (laughs) It's not really because there's actually a really large amount of space between the blade and our foot. But something that's really important when you're speed skating is that you have to be on the proper edge of your speed skate when you're trying to cross over your blades because otherwise you could break your ankles. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so the blades are, unlike in figure skating, the blades are perfectly square. They're at a 90 degree angle and you have to keep them that way, otherwise you won't be allowed to race. So you have those, which makes it really hard to get on the edge. So we always go around the track counterclockwise. Always? And so, always. Okay. Because that's the way the mats are set up. And then you have to face your blades to the outside. Like you have to lean towards the middle of the track. So your feet have to be at a tilt and then you push out to do a crossover, you push out, and then you bring your foot over, and you have to put it down on the edge again. On also. the inside edge? Yes, the yeah. inside edge. Otherwise, if you do it just standing straight, you could like break your ankles. That's what our coach told us. I'm not totally sure how mm-hmm. you could break your ankles, but you could. Yeah. And so that's really difficult to do. So a lot of times we'll practice doing that at practice, We do these things called double backs, which are awful and never should have been invented. But it's where, so we usually have blocks going around the track to show us where the track is. And so during double backs, you'll put an extra set of blocks so that you have almost like an eight on the track where it's like one little circle at one end of the track and then the big oval around it. And then during double backs, you have to go around the little circle and then one big lap. And that's to help us stay on our edges, because if you go around the circle, if you go turning more, then you'll have to be on your edge more. And why are they so hard? Just because you're having to stay on your edges? No, well, also, they're just longer. And so you, during speed skating, you have to stay in a certain position that really hurts, because it's not, it's not a usual position that you would go in on a regular basis. And so you have to stay down low, and you can't, like, touch your legs to keep them steady so it it hurts a lot to do the extra part and it hurts a lot to do the warm-ups usually because even that's the first one 
so that's like extra mm-hmm. and it's eight laps it's usually the longest that we do you, you talk about that position that you get that bent down position do you do anything off the ice to prepare you you know back exercises or anything we don't do back exercises what we do we do this thing called the b drill which is where you get in the speed skating position and hold it for a little bit and then you move one foot out and then back to you and then you move the other foot out and then back to you and that makes a b a sideways b the letter b so we do that to help us with moving our feet and staying low and we also do these things called up downs which is where you get in speed skating position and let your arms hang down and then you stand up and then you go back down and then you kind of swing your arms and then you go up and down and you stay down for a while and then you come back up. Hmm. Yeah. That's confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> it's easier to explain by showing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's the hardest thing for you? Did I interrupt you about practice or you were done already? No, that's kind of what we do. And then we kind of just work on stamina or endurance. And sometimes we do special technique work. Sometimes we work on speed and sometimes we work on technique. What are you better at, the speed or the endurance? Um, I'm kind of in the middle of both. Because speed is hard when you're not doing crossovers really fast, which I'm not yet. And then endurance is hard just because endurance is hard. It's long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's hardest for you? Hardest for me is probably crossovers going quickly. I can do them going slow just fine. But then going quickly, trick is to not think about it, which I have a hard time doing. I can't not think about it. Mm -hmm. What's the longest that you've gone? In a row? Yeah. Probably 13 laps. That's a lot. Yeah. But it was not a race. It was just like a slow. Mm -hmm. See how many you can do. Have, Have you raced yet? Yes. I've done, I think, four races. Maybe. I can't quite remember yeah I think four and at those I usually I think the most I've done is seven and a half laps or maybe just seven mm-hmm. but even that was only one time so usually at speed skating meets where in my level we do one exhibition kind of round of each distance we usually do three distances I think that one's a semi-final then we do that distance again which is a final then we do another distance and then that distance again. And then at the very end, we do a super final, which is usually our longest distance. The older kids do a lot of laps. I think their super final is usually a 15-lap race. And that depends the years, long track and short track, which they... Um, I'm still not totally sure how that gets decided. I think that coach kind of works with you to decide where to put you. Whether you would do short track or long track. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would bet with short track, you have to be good at the crossovers. Yeah. <laughs> The older kids, it's really fun to watch them because they all cross over in unison mm. and they go around the track in unison and they just look really cool. Yeah. And they're all their matching suits. Do you like competing? Um, yeah. Competing's kind of fun. It's definitely fun being at the meets, especially because the meets are usually at our rink because our rink is one of the best in Ohio. And so... We usually compete there, which is better than if we competed somewhere else because you feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I have friends that speed skate also, so we get to hang out. And 
you bring a book, bring snacks, you eat. Because there's a lot of time between your races because everybody's group has to go and everybody has multiple heats in their group. So once your race is done, you kind of have like half an hour, 45 minutes before you have to race again. I ask a lot of my guests if they like to compete or if they like to train. It seems like there's either people who really like to compete because they love the energy or they like to train because they like sort of the progress and and stuff like that. Which camp would you put yourself in? I think I like training better. It's more, I don't know, I feel more comfortable training because during races I kind of get a little mixed up and I forget everything that I've learned. Not everything, but, you know, I forget my basic technique stuff, trying to go fast. But then during training, I feel like I can really, like, feel good about what I'm, how I'm doing. I found competitions very stressful, like all the butterflies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the only, so we have a heat box, which is not a heat box. It's just a cold bench in front of the rink. But what you do is when you're waiting there, you usually have a blanket and um, you have your skates and your skate guards on. And we all watch the race ahead of us. And that is probably the most nerve wracking part of the entire day when you're just, when you're there and you're waiting to go on and you're looking at all these kids, you're like, oh my gosh, they look so much faster than me. That's probably the most stressful part of the day. It sounds like you like to go fast though. Yeah, I do kind of like to go fast. I mean, it kind of depends. If I like mess up on a crossover and almost fall, then I get really nervous and slow down. But other than that, it's usually, I really like to go fast. Have you crashed a lot? I don't usually crash. I haven't, I don't think ever crashed into the wall or into another person. I've definitely fallen, but usually I slide into the middle. And I've almost fallen trying to avoid people who have fallen because they always go to the outside of the track, but I always try to avoid them by going to the outside of the track. And then I have to keep moving because they kept, they keep coming. Right. And so that's kind of stressful during a race, especially when someone who's not on my team falls and then they slide across the ice and I try to avoid them and then I don't avoid them. The races that you've done so far, are they mass start or are they individual? Are they like pursuit kind of races? Um, What do you mean? Uh, Do you all start on the starting line and the gun goes off and you head off? Or do you do that thing where you're starting on opposite ends of the track and then you go and you try to catch the other person? And it's a timed event. We usually start all at the same time. And then we go around. Because with our age, you don't really go that fast. Also, there are a lot of people my age who do it. So they don't have time to do two people going the same time. And so that's probably has some factors into it, but we usually do mass starts. That's fun though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you do other sports though, right? Not really. I try and do one sport every spring when, when speed skating ends, I choose to do a different sport. One year I did baseball. One year I did soccer, which I did not like. I do not enjoy soccer. Really? I don't like soccer. I did, I did it in the spring when it was super hot. And every game was hot and buggy and humid. And I was on a team with one of my friends who's really good at soccer because she's been playing forever. So I felt really bad at soccer. And I never knew where the ball was or how to kick it. And one time I got my ponytail stuck in the net. And I don't even know how that (laughs) happened. I just don't like soccer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the coach was yelling at us, defense, what are you doing near offense? And then I couldn't remember if I was defense or offense. I was like, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> She's like, you're the sub. You're not supposed to be on the field. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and you just got finished with the basketball camp, though, right? Yes. Was that better? Yeah. That was fun. It was mostly drills, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And the, we scrimmaged at the end of the day. It was six hours. We scrimmaged at the end of the day, which I didn't like as much as the drills. But it was still kind of fun. I was better at defense than I am at shooting. Mm-hmm. And so during drills, mostly we would have stations. And one station would usually be dribbling. One station would usually be passing. One station was usually rebounds and defense with rebounds and then one station was usually all defense so that was fun yeah how, how did you get into doing so many sports is your family sporty uh, my brother is and my mom is and my dad he like supports that he doesn't really do any sports and then my mom volunteers a bunch um, of Alex's games and stuff like she brings things and she runs and bikes and swims and oh wow all of those things yeah cool so you've been doing sports or being physically active since you were born almost probably yeah Yeah. I don't like it as much as my brother does Mm -hmm. like I'm not as into sports like he does basketball and soccer and um trying to think baseball he doesn't do baseball this year he does swim team at our pool and which I did one year but I didn't like it very much because it was 8 a.m practices every morning of the week of the summer and he does all of those things and so I just I don't like them as much. Yeah. This is the first year I had even thought about basketball, though. So that was kind of a nice surprise that I actually liked it. I mm-hmm. didn't think I would. It seems like you really like speed skating, though. No? I do like speed skating. Yeah. Also, speed skating is kind of like my own thing. Like, Alex does almost every single sport ever. Mm. So there's not a lot I can do just by myself. And so that he doesn't do that is kind of cool yeah. also. It's like my sport. Why is that important? I don't know, because then, you know, when we have a meet, then, you know, it's like my day of accomplishment, because Alex has games every weekend, so those are like, yay, Alex, you did, you scored a goal, or you did that, but then since my meets are only twice a year, it's kind of cool, because those are like extra special days, even though I never win anything. I win trophies only because the divisions are so small. I won a second place trophy one time when there were two people in my division. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Got a nice green trophy. Is winning important? No, I don't think it is. I mean, the speed skating trophies are very impressive also, though. And so it's kind of fun to like see them up on the table and have almost everyone's name is called because the divisions are just so small. And that's kind of fun to have to go to the award ceremony and see, oh, that's me. Or, like, she left, but I can take her trophy to her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. But I definitely like speed skating a lot. Like, we just started drylands last night, and that's, like, an off-ice training. thing. we run, and we stretch, and we do exercises and yoga. Wow, that's serious. Yeah, it's two hours uh, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Walk me through that practice. Um, well, usually you get there, and then you spread out. We usually, we have to bring yoga mats. Then we usually do an eight-minute run. And then when we come back, usually we do dynamic stretches, which are like grapevine and high knees and things like that. It's mostly footwork and stuff. 
And then we usually do jumping jacks and push-ups. And then we go back to our mats and do downward dog and crunches and knee leg stretches, things like that on the mats. And then we usually do go for another run, then do more mat things, then go for another run. The, these last runs are not very long. And then it's kind of over. Each of them takes a while because yeah, yeah. we do a lot of different things. And then we stretch at the end and then we go home and it's eight o'clock. Yeah. Wow. Do you think that you're going to continue doing speed skating for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Because like the big kids, it's really cool because they're so good at it. And a lot of them started before I did, like when they were younger than me when I started. But I think that I can probably get where they are. A lot of them have been speed skating for 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to be where they are in 10 years. Nice. Do you have yeah. role models? Yeah. My coach is definitely my role model. Because she's really good at speed skating. She's a level two coach, and she is the only level two coach in the country that charges what she does. Like, I think she's the cheapest level two coach in the Mm -hmm. country. And she's a really good coach. And level two coaches, they're really good. You have to take a lot of classes and get a lot of hours and stuff. So that's really cool to see her do that. And she used to compete, but she's not, she doesn't race anymore, usually. Right. And so she's definitely one of my role models. What about college? Would you, I mean, this is way out in the future, but would you continue competing through college? And like, it seems that you're so active. So I'm just wondering like how that will continue. Probably through college. I mean, I'm sure that the female speed skating scholarships are endless, (laughs) but I guess since it's unique, it might get me a scholarship somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that would be kind of cool if I got to speed skate for a college team my mom swam for her college and so i thought that would be kind of fun cool well as you know this is a women's and girls podcast hear her sports Mm -hmm. and do you and your friends ever talk about sort of the difference between women doing sports and and boys doing sports um not really i mean i talk about it with some of my friends but some of them are like (laughs) it's not really our problem right right but my friends and my friends were talking about, they're like, some people in my school don't think sexism is real. And then I was like, you know what question you ask them? You tell them, name five men's sports teams. And then when they do that, you say, name five women's sports teams. And then sexism is real because no one, I can't even name five women's sports teams. That's a good question. I like that question. Cool. So let's say somebody wanted to start speech gating. What kind of advice would you give them? Um, well, I think it's definitely good to know how to ice skate first. Like, I know that seems really obvious, but some people are like, oh, I can just learn. I would definitely recommend figure skating or hockey first before you do speed skating because speed skating, the skates are really very specific. And if you want to know how to speed skate, you're probably going to need to know how to stand on blades first. Right. Otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time. Yeah, yeah. So you said that some people just start. Some people start, and some of them have, they're like, oh, I, I skate a little bit sometimes. But I would definitely recommend having taken a few classes before. They don't have to be speed skating classes, just ice skating classes right. in general. Not even figure skating, just basic, um, like, gliding right. or jumping even. But, yeah. Did you do jumps when you were figure skating? You know, one hop. Yeah. Sometimes we do that at speed skating. 
we have three lines down the middle of our rink. So at one line, sometimes we'll jump, like at the two outer lines, we'll jump, and then in the middle line, we'll touch the bottoms of our feet. And then we'll go around doing that for four or five laps. So we just jump like a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just to practice like footing. Right, right, right. Since you've been doing sports for so long, like what do you think you get from it that is not just from sports, like that goes into the rest of your life? Well, I definitely get a lot of stories I can tell. Mm -hmm. And I guess I get some teamwork. I'm not great at team sports. Like speed skating is not a team sport. You don't work together with a team to win a game. You go individually. And I'm not very good at team sports because I'm not I mean, I'm okay at communication. I'm just not, I'm better at working by myself when it comes to sports because I feel like I can control myself and have like a game plan in my head without having other people need to agree with it, which definitely helps me. But I feel like I have learned a little bit about teamwork, especially from basketball camp, learning like how to like communicate your plan and compromise with others, I feel like is something that I have learned. I think it's great that you learned that you work better by yourself. I yeah. mean, you're pretty young to feel as strongly about that as you do. I yeah. like that. Yeah, because I work better when I don't have to disagree with people. <laughs> Does, I bet that translates to school, too. What do, yep. you, do, about <laughs> what do you do about group projects at school? Um, well, usually for group projects, I just like to be like, I don't like to do everything together. I like to be, okay, you're going to do these pages, you're going to do these pages, you're going to do these pages, and I'm going to do these pages. Or I'm going to do this part of the project, you're going to be in charge of this. You know, each have our own sections, mm -hmm. and not that way I don't have to worry about, like, doing everybody's work for them, right. which I feel like sometimes I do have to do. Mm -hmm. Or people will be like, I don't understand this, just tell me the answer. Do you like school? Yes, I like school. It's fun. I started middle school this year, which was a lot more fun than I thought it would be from all the books and movies. We're like, middle school sucks. I thought it was actually fun. I like changing classes every 45 minutes. That was really interesting to me. Uh, we only had three minutes to get across the building, but that was fun. And I liked seeing my friend, like seeing different friends in every class and not have to worry about like, oh no, I don't have first period with you. Oh, I'll see you second. Did you get to pick your classes? No. Well, you... Well, you get to pick two of your classes. You get to pick what language you want to do, either Spanish or Chinese, and you get to pick what type of music you want to do, which is vocal music or band or orchestra. What do you pick? I picked vocal music because I don't play an instrument. I tried to play violin, and then I played for three years, and I didn't get any better. Right. So I quit. And what about uh, which language? Spanish. Spanish. My dad's... I had been taking Spanish in uh, elementary school, so I figured I'd just that my dad says you're not allowed to take any other language until college because he took French in high school and he says it was the worst decision of his life because he never used it oh he went to France and he still didn't use French <laughs> is there anything that gets you all hot and bothered that makes you mad or anything like that um I am very politically opinionated and so whenever people disagree with me I've been known to get into debates at school where I have trouble keeping calm. <laughs> and so there's an incident with the candy cane. So what's important to you about politics? Well, I'm very democratic, very democratic. And so I don't like it when people say something bad about Hillary Clinton 
one person at my school thinks that Hillary Clinton wouldn't have been a good president because she was a woman. And, like, he actually says that. And so um, he doesn't know anything about politics, so I've managed to change his mind. But that kind of got me fired up because I, I just don't understand how people could say that or how they could justify saying that. And that's just what kind of makes me mad. Are you hopeful about the world? Politics? No. No? No. I think they're probably doomed at this point. And I read a lot about World War II, and so I make a lot of unnecessary unnecessary connections to... I read a lot about, like, pre-World War II, like before the America entered the war, so in Germany and things like that, so I make a lot of connections to what happened there to America's politics, and that makes me nervous, Mm -hmm. all the connections that I see. And... So that kind of makes me nervous and not very hopeful. Are your friends as political as you are? No. No. They're not. So some of my mom's, my one of my mom's really close friends, two daughters who are kind of like my cousins, uh, they're very politically opinionated also. So we, I mean, they have the same ideas as me. So we kind of talk about that with, with them, but they live on the west side, so I don't get to see them very much. Mm-hmm. But my friends at school don't really, they're not very into it. Mm. What caused you to be into it? I'm not really sure. I got really invested in the 2016 campaigns, and then it just kind of sparked it. And then I got a transistor radio from my grandfather, and it's got a hand crank and everything and a really long antenna, and it gets NPR, one of the only stations that it gets. So I kind of listen to that a lot, and that kind of helps it, helps me stay informed are you politically active i would like to be as a 12 year old there's not a whole lot i can do to be politically active you know i can't really make speeches because i don't have time i can't join marches across the country right or right. do things like that or vote yeah <laughs> voting also yeah, would yeah. probably help me stay politically active yeah i would like to be more politically active what's your favorite subject at school hmm well, I guess my favorite subject at school is probably math because I like learning that. It's also my worst subject because I'm bad at math. And that was probably the subject I had the worst grade in throughout the year. I like learning math because it's kind of one of those things where you learn a concept and then it kind of never goes away from your mind. It's like riding a bike. You never really forget how to do it. Or speed skating also. You never really forget how to do speed skating either. That's what my coach says. It's interesting that you still like math, even though that was your worst grade. Yeah. You have stick to itness. Yeah. Yeah. Not history? That's not one of your favorite subjects? Well, they don't teach history. They teach... Well, I like the more recent history about wars and the civil rights movement and things like that. I really like learning about World War II. It's one of my favorite subjects to learn about. In social studies, we learn about ancient China and ancient Egypt and ancient Mesopotamia. And I kind of feel like that's not really my thing because I'm never, I've never really been interested in those types of things. And I'm sure people who have always been interested in ancient Greece or ancient Egypt are very interested in that, mm-hmm. what we're learning. What's the attraction of the World War Two? I'm not sure. I read a book, I think it was called An Elephant in Our Garden, and it was about a German girl and her mom worked at a zoo and then... Uh, once World War II started and all the bombings came, 
when the bomb came, so they ran to the zoo and grabbed the first animal they could find, which happened to be an elephant, and then they kind of carried it across Germany with them, trying to escape the bombs. And then along the way, they met like a group of choir children or something. I don't know. And that kind of was like, oh, I would like to read more about this. And now I have a 10-book collection of World War II, things that I own, and then I have some other ones that I check out from the library. One of my favorite ones is Daniel's story, which is really sad. It's about a boy from Frankfurt and his family and how they were taken to the Lodz ghetto where his mother died. And then I think they went to Auschwitz and he joined a resistance inside the camp where they took pictures of what was going on there because Nazis were probably going to deny what happened the entire time because at the end of the war, the Nazis started leaving the camps and going away and be like, we didn't do this, what are you talking about? And then a bunch of people had taken pictures, so they had the pictures to prove it. And so he took pictures there, but that was one of my favorite books. It always makes me cry. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you're interested in World War II. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now that one of my friends suggested to me. I think it's called the only thing to fear and it's about if Germany and Japan had won World War II and they divided America between the two of them the west was for Japan and the east was for Germany and it's about a German girl who lives on one side and there's another book called live in infamy about a, a Japanese I can't remember it's a boy or a girl who lives on the other side mm-hmm. it's about their lives I haven't gotten very far in it though do you know what you want to be when you grow up um, I want to be a nurse yeah, I want to be someone who delivers babies. Oh, how about that? Yeah. You have to cooperate with other people, though. Yeah. <laughs> I I can cooperate with other people. I'm just not great at, like, working with them at sports. Yeah. Because I'm not good at sports in general. So working with other people, I feel like I'm also going to let them down if I don't do well, which is another reason I don't love team sports. Okay, I have to ask you a question because you're saying you're not very good. I'm not good at sports. <laughs> I can't throw, I can't catch, I can't shoot, I can't hit. During baseball, I got on base only because of, like, when they threw balls, I didn't swing at them. And then I just stopped swinging in general when I found out, oh, you get to walk on balls, and then I stopped swinging and got a lot of strikes. But you're good at speed skating. Not really. I'm not very fast. And, um, I mean, my technique is okay, but I'm not very fast, which is kind of what matters in the meets. So in terms of like winning, I'm not very good at speed skating. And then I guess when it comes to practices, I'm okay, but I'm not great. I mean, one of the reasons I started this project was because I think that girls, I think girls and women have a really limited view of what being good at sports is. Yeah. And, you know, we're presented with football and baseball and basketball. And if we're not good at that, you know, if you don't have good eye-hand coordination, then you take on this, like, I'm not very good at sports, and I don't think that's always true. And I really like that there's so many different kinds of sports that, you know, we all can do. Yeah, I don't have very good eye-hand coordination. Me neither. Yeah, and I can't, I, the thing about speed skating is I cannot go very fast, and once I get faster, then I'll be okay, because my technique is okay. I just need to work on getting faster. What, uh, what makes somebody fast? Um, well, crossovers definitely help them to go fast. And then you also have to lean into the turns and you just have to move your feet in a way that makes you go fast. You have to push the, uh, the ball of your foot into the ice more, even though it doesn't seem like it would matter in the boot, but it does like that pressure point. 
helps you to go faster around the turns and then the straightaways can you you have to sprint across the ice on the straightaways you have to lift up your feet on those long blades and sprint which is kind of awkward and it's just like everything together makes you fast i guess Mm -hmm. what does your coach say um my coach says that you just have to like once you get your technique down and your crossovers then you'll be able to go really fast and i think we have like a Something on some of our speed skating binders says, at 35 miles an hour, you'll go faster than your grandparents drive, except when they're late for bingo. (laughs) And so 35 miles is kind of fast for what we do. And some of the older kids, I bet, can go that fast, but I don't probably go more than eight miles an hour. 35 sounds fast. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, whew. And it's dizzying to stand in the middle of the track, which is where we wait when we're not skating and watch the older kids go around because you have to keep moving Mm -hmm. to watch them. It's dizzy. It certainly seems that the the crossovers would make a big difference. I mean, if you're having to, as you said, think about doing the crossovers, that immediately will slow you down. Yeah. Well, like, just thinking about them, it's kind of scary because you have to lift one foot off the ground while balancing on a very thin edge of the other one and lift it over. I can do them kind of quickly sometimes. Depends on the day, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. Have you ever played ice hockey? No. No. I'm not a very aggressive person. That's what my other coaches have told me. They need to be more aggressive. And so I don't think ice hockey or football would be the sport for me. Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to talk more about when you're competing, you know, what it's like. Do you get nervous or, you know, like what are your emotions on on the track? Okay, so the gun is really loud. And it scares me every time, and I jump a lot of the time. And one time when the gun went off, it was on, like, my first race, I fell down. And when the gun went off, I tipped backwards and fell on my butt, and I called it a false start. Because you have false starts, but then... Um, so I'm usually really, really nervous when the gun's about to go off, because the gun is scary. And But then once the gun goes off and people start moving, then it's usually okay. I mean, you still have, like, all the adrenaline that makes you... It helps you kind of go faster a little bit. And then it's really scary when you see someone fall. And you're like, oh no, what if I crash into them? And then fall. And then a bunch of other stuff happens. And like worst case scenarios are just running through your mind. And we have the mats set up so that when you go counterclockwise, you're most likely to fall into the mats. We have them set up on the, I guess you would call it the top left corner and the bottom right corner. So usually you go into the mats and it doesn't hurt that much. But if you get your blades cut under the mats, that can hurt. Mm-hmm. And one kid I knew belly flopped onto the ice. Oh my goodness. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> he just like tripped and then his feet went in the air and then he belly flopped. Man. Do you have to think about tactics at all? I mean, since you're all starting at the same time. Well, they assign you a dot to stand on and then you just, everyone goes onto the blocks like, they go close to the box because that's the shortest track, so you're right. going to want to go onto the box. And in, with my age, there isn't a whole lot of tactic to it because we're not very fast at starting because we're all scared of the gun. And one girl puts her hands up to her ears, which is not a good thing to do. Don't do that. <laughs> if you're starting speed skating, don't put your hands up to your ears when the gun comes on because that'll make you go slower. But, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of tactic at this age. I'm sure there will be when I get older. But don't you have to sprint? Or do you just... Yeah, you sprint at the beginning, but then, because we start in the middle of the straightaway, and then once you get to the turn, though, then you kind of... After, I guess, the first lap, you kind of find your rhythm, and then you're kind of good. You don't really need to sprint anymore. You just kind of 
move your feet quickly. And do you ever pass anybody while you're going around? Yeah, usually you pass at least one person, then sometimes they pass you again. One year there was a really little kid who was um, skating with us, and he was really cute. He, I think he turned six that day, and he fell every five feet. And so it was a three-lap race, and I think we were all done, and he still had two laps to go. And then he was about to finish, and then he tripped and fell and slid over the finish line. And so you pass some slower, younger people when you do that. And then sometimes you don't get, you don't pass people at all. Sometimes you pass people because they fall. Sometimes you just pass them because you're having a good day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to wrap things up soon, but I'm really interested because you keep saying that you're not great at sports, why you continue? Well, speed skating I like, and speed skating I feel like there isn't really a way to be great. I mean, there's a way to be very good, and there's a way to be very bad. Everyone's just kind of good or okay if you're not very bad or very, really good. It's just kind of in the middle, so right now I don't feel like I'm super terrible. And I'm obviously not super great, but I don't feel like I'm super terrible at sports. Like I feel like I was really bad at soccer, really bad at swimming, because I can't do any strokes straight except for freestyle. And backstroke, I just kept zigzagging across right. the lane. And do you think it's important to try to be sporty? Um, I think it depends. I think that if you want to be you shouldn't just say oh I'll try being sporty next year I feel like you should probably get on that but if you're like I'm fine just reading and playing my instrument I feel like you should probably do some extracurriculars if you don't play an instrument you should probably play a sport Mm -hmm. or do something do you have any advice for girls who might think similarly to you that they're not very sporty Well, if you try listing out all the sports that you play or have played in your life, then you'll be like, wow, I play a lot of sports. But if you play, if you only play one sport or only play two and you list them out and you don't feel like you've done a lot, try listing out how many times a week or how many times a year you play those sports and then you'll probably feel pretty sporty. Like with speed skating, only two meets a year, but practice three and a half hours a week. And that's a lot, so makes me feel kind of sporty. And mm-hmm. then I try a new sport every spring, or I try to. And then if you list those out, it makes you feel pretty sporty also. You're probably better than you think you are at sports. Um, like, I don't think I'm very good, but then when you think about it, you're like, who is very good at sports? Like, how many people on your team have made home runs? And if they have made home runs, how many balls have they caught? Or how many goals have they made? How many balls have they kicked, you know? Because everyone's better at different things. Like, there's really no way to score how good you are at defense. So you might, like, oh, they made more goals than me, but you might be really, really good at defense. And there's really no way to measure that, so you can't feel great. So you're probably better than you think you are at sports. I like how you stick with it. Yeah. That's very admirable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks to you for listening. Hear Her Sports was started to increase media coverage of female athletes and women in sport. 44% of athletes are women, and only 4% of sports media coverage is about women. That's not a number, it's a rounding error. Tell your friends about the podcast and about fantastic, strong women speaking up and doing amazing things. Please subscribe on iTunes, subscribe to the Hear Her Sports newsletter, or donate on hearhersports.com and encourage others to do the same. 
As women, we're all going to benefit from spreading the word and speaking up. Women in general, you, me, and my inspiring guests. A big thank you to Agnes Studio, the band Goldmines, the blog She Rides a Bike, and Leap Strategies for super support and partnership. I'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.